American airports, where are they now and what lies ahead? The CEO of the Allegheny County Airport Authority shares her conversation with U.S. President Joe Biden. How has the hunt for aggressive American Airlines, DFW International, fared over the past year as the second largest and second most profitable hunt in the U.S.? When Las Vegas shut down, McCarran International Airport shut down, so recovery has had to start from ground zero. On the panel of leaders from American Airports were Christina Casotis, Chief Executive Officer of the Allegheny County Airport Authority, Sean Donahue, CEO of DFW International Airport, and Rosemary Vasiliadis, Director of Aviation for Clark County in Nevada. During this CAPA Center for Aviation event, Deborah and Ian opened the discussion stating, we're not going to spend a lot of time unless people want to, to talk about the last year. I think we've all lived it, some of us in our underwear, and we've had about as much of this as we can take. So what I would like to largely talk about is, where you are now and what you're thinking. And I'm going to have an opening question for each of the panelists. So for Christina Casonis, as I've said to her before, throughout her life, all of life is timing and Christina masters timing. She's made a recent announcement that she is indeed building the new terminal. And she got a chance to talk about that with President Biden, who I must say that I'm jealous of that conversation, Christina. And I wondered if you would open with what it was like to make that decision. Talk to President Biden, whatever you want to say about that. Christina Casonis. Thank you, and thanks for inviting me. I'm always happy to participate in anything that Kappa does, and does certainly with Rosemary and Sean. I'm delighted to be here, and with you as a moderator, Deb. So I will tell you that we never considered not building the terminal, not for a second. I arrived in Pittsburgh six years ago in January of 2015, and within three months, I said let me understand your master planning process. At the time the master planning process consisted of how do we fix what we have. And I said okay, I'm not a master planner, but I'm pretty sure you're supposed to have some alternatives to pick from. They said well, we haven't been allowed to look at those. And I said okay, well, now we are going to. So that cost us some time to go back to the beginning. And once the terminal design became evident, we worked with our airline partners throughout. To get the selection of this alternative chosen, we started to work on a long-term agreement. Our 30-year airline lease was expiring, that was the one that was signed with US Airways that in the meantime took down a tub. What we did is we decided. We were supposed to break ground in April of last year. And of course, everything went to hell in a handbasket in mid-March. And we thought okay, let's see if we can get away with a couple of months delay. And when that became evident that wasn't going to be prudent, we have pivoted, and we looked at how do we make sure it's the healthiest terminal. How do we put a public health lens on this? So we never wavered from building. We never wavered from our intent on building. Now, as we all know, if the airlines aren't on board, nothing happens. So we really made sure that we continued our consistent communication with them, and so that they could understand that this was going to be necessary at some point. Why shelve it? It's just going to cost more in the future. There was a point where the airlines couldn't hear any of that, because they were just dealing with their own crises. So we were patient. We signed a two-year deal instead of a seven. And now we're back trying to get that extended. So we've always intended to build this terminal. It's part of our smart plan forward. And we have found that throughout the crisis, we have doubled down on our strategic plan and found ways to just reprioritize what we paid attention to, but we haven't changed our long-term goals. Is that an answer? Deborah Meehan.
Yeah. Yeah, that's a great answer. But what I was excited about is, it shows so much confidence. And I'm sure President Biden was excited that you are doing your own infrastructure investment, showing confidence in what is a transformational economy that's going on in Pittsburgh now. And you are investing in that. Christina Casonis. And that's exactly what I told him. So in the conversation that he and I had, what I said was that we were excited to have airports included in infrastructure, in talks about infrastructure. I feel strongly that airports are critical to the aviation ecosystem, and obviously to the overall transportation ecosystem. Not everybody has agreed throughout the years, right? They've sort of left us over on the side to deal with it on our own. So to be included in the president's infrastructure plan, to hear the Secretary of Transportation talk about airports specifically has been hardening. I told him that. I told him that we had a plan to build a new terminal to put thousands of people to work coming out of a pandemic and a recession. And to power it with a microgrid powered by responsible natural gas and solar. And he's like well, that's everything that we're hoping infrastructure can be. And I said great. Let's get this going. Right. To me that's the exciting piece. To your point, the timing lined up and how do we not talk about this, with a chance to talk about it. So he got it. He got it. Deborah Meehan. Sean, let's turn to you. You've weathered this better than most. Do you agree with that? The fact that you're an American Airlines hub, and not just any hub, you're the largest hub. I think you're the second largest hub in the United States and the second most profitable. How has it been to be in your position with such an aggressive carrier as American Airlines who swore to God that they were going to fill the seats and run as much service as they could do? How has the pandemic been for you? Sean Donahue. Well thanks, Deborah. And again, to Christina's point, enjoy the Caput events and certainly enjoy talking with Christina and Rosemary and you Deborah. You're right. We have been fortunate in DFW because Americans certainly in the first six to nine months of the pandemic, they were the most aggressive carrier in terms of service. And I believe in the fourth quarter of last year, American carried one out of every three passengers who traveled in the U.S. So they took a bet. I would argue, they probably took the right bet because from a revenue performance, they did outperform the industry. And to your point Deb, DFW is by far their largest hub. They grew back their operations at DFW faster than any of their other hubs. But what's been really interesting for us, is the uncertainty. Because I remember back to last June or July, and we hit the summer, we thought maybe we are making some progress in terms of fighting the pandemic. All of a sudden, people started traveling into maybe the early fall, then we know what happened in the fall and early winter with the pandemic spiking back up, then traffic cratered again. And it was a very quiet winter, I think, for all of us. And then certainly the last month has been turbocharged. My sense is that we're getting back to some level of certainty. And that's probably the most positive thing I see right now. When we look at the bookings, when we talk with the airlines, we believe we're going to be at 80% plus versus 2019 for this summer. Obviously 2020 comparisons are worthless. So everything we're doing right now is comparing to 19. And 80% is a pretty good recovery. It's all going to be leisure, it's all going to be visiting friends and family. Business has still not come back and certainly international hasn't come back yet, with the exception of Mexico. Deborah Meehan. Yeah, well, you're doing quite well, I understand. Sean Donahue. Well, again, it's tough for the airport to take credit for it, 
Deb. When American decides to double down on DFW, we benefit. But we're also seeing the OA airlines starting to resume their level of activity. And while international slows, Emirates is back, Americans flying to their main European destinations. Qatar is flying 10 times a week to Doha out of DFW. So international while the load factors are not there, some of the flights are coming back as well. Debramian. Yeah. Well, that's why God gave us consultants, Sean. We'll take credit for it. Sean Donahue. Consultants do that very well, Deb. Debramian. Yeah, I know. I know. We send out newsletters. Look what we've done again. Sean Donahue. That's right. Debramian. American is serving Dallas. Rosemary, you happen to leave my favorite airport. It's the only airport that I've actually made $100 in, and I was on business, supposedly. I was cheered up this week when I read a full page ad and that's what I love about Vegas. Full page ad taken out in the Wall Street Journal, that Vegas means business. And it said three things, business happens in person, which I agree with, get back to business, which I agree with, and let's meet in Vegas, which I agree with. There is probably no clear link between an airport and its economy. How has that been for you? And what can you tell us about the pandemic so far for you? Rosemary Vasilaitis. Well, as a destination airport, of course, we're very much tied to the number one industry, which is tourism. And first time in Las Vegas's history, in the history for the state of Nevada, gaming closed. So every single gaming property closed, so you could imagine we plummeted to nothing. The only people we had going through our airports were crew base, employees that live here for tax reasons and had to ferry out to their starting point. It was like nothing else. Right. I mean, in aviation, those of us at the airport, at 9-11 we thought we saw everything and lived through everything and had to recover from everything. And I'm not going to say this is more emotional or not, but it certainly wasn't as long as this one has been, and the impact on the industry in the state of Nevada. So what we found out was conventions were 100% cancelled and cancelled for about a year. We're still feeling that impact now. We do have our first larger convention that has been approved by the state of Nevada by the governor's office to hold it at a 50% capacity. That's the first week in June. I can tell you every convention company is looking at that because what they have been doing is they've been rescheduling further out in the year. So the ones that were supposed to be here now in April have rescheduled to September. So if all goes well, the state percentage of positives or really hospitalization remains in our state under 5%, then we're going to see some growth there. And I think that confidence is going to be a key factor in realizing that. The other thing we learned is as this hotel property started to reopen our traffic matched it. So it's a phenomenon that Las Vegas has hit forever. I mean, we could go back to the 90s when the first mega resorts opened. So we never had a property that had 5,000 rooms open overnight and in the 90s we had that. Well, we started with Mirage, which was 3,000 rooms overnight. But the hotels are going to fill their rooms. We know that. We have done regression analysis over and over and over again. So we know with each hotel room we're going to get so many passengers come through and we actually realized that very slowly in the summer when they started to reopen that people are coming out. The airlines did their thing with very low fares. Las Vegas is a natural for low-cost carriers. We attract them. It's the mentality that our leisure visitor has. And we had a couple of the low-cost carriers respond very, very quickly and restore flights for the weekend. So if you come here on a Friday, 
or leave on Sunday and Monday, you would not know there's a pandemic. You come here during the week, you can go bowling in the terminal unfortunately. Now that has started to recover. All the rooms are reopened. Well, 98% of them have reopened. And we're seeing some incentives to come during the week. But we'll never recover to 80% until we get conventions. Now with what they tentatively have on the books, we too are about at the same percentage as Sean said, relatively speaking where we're at with our traffic. So we are looking forward to that. We're very much a piece of that pie of that consumer confidence. One of the reasons that we have more conventioneers or we're the largest convention destination location in the country is because companies send more delegates than in other places. Add it's just because let's face it, it's cost efficient, cheap. I mean, it's pretty easy to come in and out of here. So we'll have a company that has 50 delegates where if it's in another city it won't be as many as that. So we'll be really watching the behaviors of those convention in the companies, especially this year. Everyone's still going to have some type of cost containment this year. We know that. We understand that. But if we could get to the 70 or 80%, we think that that will be a nice foundation for us to go forward for the following year and recover maybe a little bit sooner than the whole industry. Las Vegas has been known for that in the past. Just 10 seconds. Christina, I give you all the credit in the world for going forward with the terminal. We had a much lesser decision to make, but we were about to go forward with our brand new unit terminal, and the recession struck. And it was like oh, my gosh, but we went ahead and went forward, and thank goodness never looked back. So I'm glad you didn't even wait. That is so smart, and I give you a lot of credit, because that's not easy to do. Deborah Meehan. Let me start the second question. As the recovery takes hold, what is your biggest concern? So about the passenger experience, would there be new choke points? Or do you think a combination of biometrics and touchless will expedite the trip? Or is that years away? What are you worried about going into the summer? Sean, you want to start us off. Sean Donahue. Well, one of the focus areas for us Deb during the pandemic was supporting our concessionaires and every airport has really stepped up and tried to help their concessionaires because most of them are local. Many of them are women-owned and minority-owned businesses, and they needed the airport's help. But one of the reasons we did it was as traffic returns, we wanted them to be open to take care of our customers. And right now, I believe 85% of our food and beverage outlets are open at DFW and probably about 65% of the retail are open. So as the traffic returns this summer, the customers will be able to get the service that they're used to. Now, one of our challenges though is with the stimulus money that is flowing to individuals, while our concessionaire outlets are open, the concessionaires are struggling to get their employees back because in some cases it's actually more financially advantageous for people to stay home and get the benefits they've been getting rather than coming to work. So that is going to be a challenge, is getting people back to work and getting them up to the staffing levels that we need. But we're working on that with our concessionaires. In terms of the passenger facilitation, one point I want to make, and it's just facts and we're going to have to deal with it. As traffic comes back, the idea of social distancing in airports, it's not going to be something that we can accomplish, nor should we build the expectation that there's going to be social distancing. We'll all do the best we can. Obviously, the CDC guidelines on mask wearing will continue. All the airports are doing a great job with cleaning and sanitization. We're all doing a really good job with touchless, and we'll continue to do that. But as I walk the terminals, when the boarding call goes up, it's the rush to the gate like it's always been. 
and one a bank hits DFW, and you've got 100 flights coming into DFW, and then an hour later 100 going out, the terminals are going to be crowded. But I would tell you this my last point, the people who are traveling today, for the most part, I don't see a lot of anxiety, I don't see a lot of nervousness. I believe the people who are traveling today are comfortable traveling. And while there's still a lot of people that are not comfortable traveling, and that's okay, we'll all welcome them back when they're ready to travel. So it's going to be a busy summer, we'll do our best taking care of the customers, the airlines will do their best. But I'm not worried about a high anxiety level as people start crowding terminals. We'll all do our best to take care of them. But most importantly, I think people are ready to travel. They're comfortable with it. And as I said, it's going to be a busy summer. Deborah Meehan. Yeah. Christina, do you want to chime in there and maybe touch on not only what your biggest concern is, but let's loop in concessions and what you think will be open in the offerings will they change? Christina Casonis. Yeah, so I appreciate Sean's comments. I think it depends on who's coming back. You're a hub for American Airlines, our third largest carrier right now is Spirit, and that's a change since the pandemic, they've actually taken over from Delta and United. I think that what we are seeing is we're seeing actually some first-time flyers as well as people who are returning after a really long absence. We have had a number of corporations come through, their corporate travel planners have come out to the airport to see what they can tell their teams to expect. I'm speaking next week to a life sciences group in Pennsylvania. And their members want to know what to expect when they start traveling again. So I would say, I do think that there's anxiety. It's the kind of thing where people just want to know well, do I have to show a vaccine card? People don't know sort of some of the basics. So I would say that my concern is not once people come back, it's sort of that in between stage of people coming back and making sure that they're prepared. So we're doing our best to continue to educate. I'm sure we all are doing the same thing. I'm sorry, what was the second part of the question? Deborah Meehan. It was about concessions. Christina Casonis. Oh concessions. We're about 55, 60% open. Most of our food and beverages open. We have a lot of retail, so I'm not surprised that it's not all back. And I would tell you that we are not seeing anxiety with people in the concession in the food and beverage spaces. There's limited capacity, but the minute that the governor opened up the ability to stand at a bar people were doing it, we didn't see any anxiety over this. And we have challenges to our terminal. I'm jealous of Sean's because he's got so many entry points, right to get through TSA. We have two. And I'm expecting that when travel comes back, we're going to see longer and longer lines and people are going to get more and more anxious about them. But that's part of our job to manage. Deborah Meehan. Rosemary. The question is, what is your biggest concern or what are your concerns as you recover in the summer, besides that we may not recover? Rosemary Vasilaitis. Yeah. For us again, because we're a destination, so we're discretionary location people choose to come here. It's consumer confidence. And we're looking at this as. I mean, it's like security. Security is a layered approach. Health, this is a layered approach. There's not any one thing any of us can do that'll be like ah, this is it. But all of the things that we're all doing, including the airlines, the airlines have to be in on this. I mean, we had our monthly meeting earlier this week, and I made each of them answer me if they're going to continue their disinfecting and their cleaning, and everything. Every single one of them said yes, so we'll have to see how that goes.
But again, I think that consumer confidence of you can travel, you can be in a closed tube for five hours and not walk off sick. Airports, the first and last look of the destination of the community, will keep up the visual cleaning, we'll have the messaging. And so in those peak times as Sean talked about. Right now, two weeks after we open, people weren't keeping their distance, there is no anxiety out there, because the people who are coming out are choosing to come and we have the pent up effect. So we're going to get another wave soon as they get their check. So we had it the first time around, and we're going to get it again. Different type of mentality of people coming here. But we're being beneficiary. So we have to stay very serious on our plans, make sure that that visual is out there, that the messaging stays up to date to whatever the rules are. And that the confidence of not ease but that we care, that we know, is there, and we can't light up on that. And of course, with the first convention, all stops are out because we will be in the limelight. Press will be all over here as they were the day that Vegas reopened or personally started to reopen. And they're all coming through this airport. So we're part of that group, we're part of the community group to do our layers. But I think more than anything is really the communication. We're Vegas, people want Vegas. I get a headache going through my terminal with those slot machines, but that's what people want. They want to hear those slot machines. So you know what we did. We had showgirls give out masks and oh my gosh, it was like. I mean, people like anything free. But we got really good press doing that. So you could imagine what we will do for tension, but it starts here, it starts and ends here. So I just want to make sure that you know we are up to par, our information people now wear messaging t-shirts, we let them wear t-shirts now instead of their uniforms. Just things like that too. Deborah Meehan. Brilliant. Brilliant on the show girls, Rosemary. That was brilliant. Christina Casonis. I mean, I think it's not that they like free stuff, they like stuff from showgirls so well done. Rosemary Vasilianis. Well they did that yeah. Unfortunately, the showgirls had to be corralled in six feet apart. We did it at 9-11 when our lines were wrapped around the entire terminal trying to get these CES people out of here. And boy, it is amazing what a showgirl does. Deborah Meehan. One last question. We're going to run out of time. Who's anticipating trouble getting the airlines wants to come back? Sean, I can imagine that you're not worried about American. But you might be worried about foreign flight carriers or... Don't let me answer for you. Tell me, Crosstalk 29 minutes. Sean Donahue. It's true. Quickly, Deborah, we have updated our international airline incentive program. And it's completely tailored towards two priorities. Number one, recovering the service that has not returned to DFW yet and then looking at new opportunities. So it's a big focus of ours. And we've got to be patient, we've got to be practical. Every country has a different regime in terms of what's their requirements and quarantine and a lot of work needs to be done there. But international is our focus in terms of getting those long-haul flights back. And the good news is though we're going to see our first non-stop to Tel Aviv this fall, so there are some green shoots there to celebrate. Deborah Meehan. Rosemary? Rosemary Vasilianis. Well, the airport is an economic engine, and we're the gateway for Southern Nevada, and International was a big piece of that. Ours is a little bit more worrisome because again, it's more of the leisure traveler. So the governments have to cooperate to get those agreements back open. And we have to let them know everything that we have been doing here. 
We hope that the little piece with the conventions is the key to lure them back. But our internationals point to point, so we could let them know everything we've done, but it's demand. It's 100% demand that will topple them over. I think everything else will come as that demand reinstated or reestablished. Yeah, I don't think they'll forget us. We had a great benefit in the recession, of course, with more bang for their buck, and that's where our international truly grew. But our phenomena is they stayed up until last year. So international is a huge piece for us. Each visitor stays longer, their spend is more, and we will be very much partnered with our Las Vegas Convention and Visitors Authority to let them know that the airport's ready for them to come back like it was. Deborah Meehan. Okay, Christina. Do you envision a problem? Do you envision a problem with domestic? Christina Casonis. We're so much a domestic airport with the type of demand-driven international that our market can support. So like Rosemary, same thing. We're going to wait till it's going to be about demand. We think that we're going to do well, percentage-wise because of our heavy focus on domestic. But certainly international continues to be important for us. And we're going to go back and make sure that we're on the agendas for the airlines that were serving us internationally, prior to the pandemic and then looking to grow those as we move forward. But that has everything to do with our economy, right? I was laughing at Rosemary saying you send more people to the conference in Vegas than you do in, and I want to say Pittsburgh, right? Because that's not what we do. So we're growing our leisure, but we're very a much business market, and O&D. So we're focused on international. We've restructured our incentives as well. And we're doing our best in going after them very aggressively. Deborah Meehan. Did you see prior to the pandemic Pittsburgh becoming, I like to call it, the new Brooklyn? Christina Casonis. Yeah, cool question. Deborah Meehan. It started, right. And we need to get that back. Christina Casonis. Yeah, it's up and coming. It's up and coming. And people have recognized that and that never stopped, that didn't stop during the pandemic. I don't know what's interesting to me on international as I feel like we're all starting from the same place. Nobody is a clear winner right now. Nobody's got an advantage. It's all going to be demand-driven, just like it is leisure, and that's who's going to get the service back. Hubs accepted. I want to be clear, hubs accepted. Deborah Meehan. One of the things that I think is going to drive demand is if cities come back, and it seems to me that it's going to be hard for cities to come back if people don't come back to work, and they're allowed a flexible environment. Although I guess if they came in from meetings, it would still result in a drop. How are the airports? I can imagine, and Christina will start with you, and this is the last question. How are you thinking about being flexible for your employees? You've learned that you can work with people at home. But you also need what? Two-thirds of your employees to come in and how fair is that? Christina Casonis. We have had our management teams rotating on two-week bases in and out. To keep everybody safe we wanted to make sure that there was always a backup for people who could run this airport no matter what. So we have had separation of our non-on-site essential employees. All of our employees are essential, as I keep saying over and over again. But some have to do their jobs on-site. Some can do them off-site. We are going to try to find ways to incorporate flexibility for retention and attraction for key jobs. But there's no way all jobs are key, but there's no way we're doing. You can just work at home whenever you feel like it. We need people here. We're an airport. We're an operational facility. 
and we that's what we're struggling with. And I'm really looking forward to talking to colleagues and seeing what other corporations that have operational needs are doing for flexible workspace. So don't have an answer yet. Deborah Meehan. Sean. Sean Donahue. We're struggling on this one, Deb. We're starting to bring people back next month and the plan is to have everyone back on campus, on airport by July. What we're struggling with is this, the employees who had been working remotely, if you were to survey them, most of them would say I want to keep working remotely. And I understand that. But to Christina's point, airports are operational efforts and endeavors. I've got my Department of Public Safety, and I've got my terminal team, and my maintenance team here at the airport every day. I also have to look at it from an equity perspective to make sure all of our employees feel like they're being treated equally. So we're still working our way through it. And gosh, as we talk to other companies in our region most people admit they're really trying to figure this one out. So I'm not sure there's a right or wrong answer or an obvious answer. But I would say that given what our objective is as an airport, we got to get our people back and find a balance of creating some flexibility, but nowhere near the flexibility that they've seen in the last year. Deborah Meehan. Okay. Rosemary, do you want to end our session with what you plan on doing in Vegas? Rosemary Vasilianis. Well, we plan on recovering very quickly. Yeah. What we're doing is meeting with the convention companies. I mean, we have a team. Like I said, we partner with the Las Vegas Convention and Visitors Authority and let them know that everything that we have been doing, so they have that confidence so they could get it out to their members and get a good delegation role. We have an NFL stadium that has yet to open. Not something that everyone likes to talk about in this town. But there's plans to get that going. I mean, we at the airport spend more time than I even care to recall of what would that have done to the airport last August, when it was supposed to open with the first NFL game, because we've never had that before, 65,000-seat stadium. So we'll be looking forward to that, to see what a stadium what the behaviors in Las Vegas will be, and I don't think we know, and I think they changed. What usually happens here in Las Vegas with any special event or weekend is that the hotels put in a two, three, or three to four minimum night that they have to stay. What are they going to do with NFL games? Our games are going to be at one o'clock Pacific time for TV purposes. So can people fly in and fly out? What is that behavior going to be? So we are going to be ready for all those contingency plans that we had. We're kind of dusting them off. Because we do feel same old stuff that everyone's been hearing, that it's going to be the V-shaped recovery that's usually what happens in Vegas. And again, the hotels attract them with whatever their daily room rate is going to be. And this is the first time that airlines have played in on this. And Spirit was one that has been growing here. It's grown to our number two, that's got Southwest competitive little feathers going, so they tell us they have great plans for us. And that is what we'll be counting on will be the point-to-point low-cost carriers to get us back. And I think they're ready to do that for us. All the indications are there. Deborah Meehan. I hear a lot of confidence in the group, and I feel like the new normal is going to look a lot like it looked in 2019. So, good luck to everybody. Hashtag rebuilding travel.